Jules Vaughn is just one of the many magnetic characters in HBO's Euphoria, so why does everyone seem to be obsessed with her? It's all about Jules, right? From Rue to Nate to Anna to Elliot to the show's audience, as Cosmopolitan's Hannah Chambers writes, it's impossible to watch the show without becoming ridiculously obsessed with Jules Vaughn. But who is Jules anyway? In Euphoria, we see her first through everyone else's eyes, and in others' eyes, especially Rue's, Jules is pretty much an angel, at least at first. Whimsical and wild, but also stable and sweet. Through Nate's eyes, she's also some sort of mystical, innocent, perfect being, not unlike a manic pixie dream girl. You look adorable. Through her own eyes, though, which we don't see as clearly until her special episode in between seasons one and two, Jules has her insecurities, traumas, doubts, and demons. These overwhelmingly come from people projecting their own ideas onto her, including the gender binary. On top of everything, though, she is mature in a way most other characters aren't. She is open to knowing all parts of herself outside of socially prescribed norms, insecurities, and all. But it's not like I even want to conquer it. It's like I want to obliterate it. She follows the advice that creator Sam Levinson gave Jules actor Hunter Schaefer, feel everything. And that's likely why everyone is made to be so obsessed with her. She's in touch with a kind of aliveness that many are not yet ready to face. I mean, that's what this has always been about, is like, staying alive. She represents an openness and facility with complexity that's in part her personality's special gift and in other ways something she's had to cultivate in order to survive as a trans woman. So here's our take on how Jules became a new kind of love object. Euphoria's deconstruction of how the world sees Jules through how Jules sees Jules helps audiences reconsider the manic pixie dream girl trope. This trope casts an eccentric woman who comes into people's lives to fill it with color and joy and quirkiness as if her only purpose is to inspire and heal other people. In the beginning of season one, Jules is seen by others as this trope. Nobody that looks like you is minding their own business. And sometimes purposefully embodies it. For Rue, she's at first a fascinating friend and then tantalizing lover, whom Rue feels her sobriety hinges upon. For Nate, she arguably represents some sort of freedom that he feels he cannot access. In addition to a manic pixie dream girl, then we can also call her a love object, which in psychoanalysis is a thing or person that inspires an idea of fulfillment or consummation. But the love object idea is flawed, of course. No adult sobriety or freedom should hinge upon the presence or absence of somebody else, psychoanalyst Dr. Susan Cavalier-Adler says that dysfunctional love relationships often see people constantly seeking to have an inner emptiness filled up by the relationship with the romantic partner. And the people who look for this from Jules are expecting something no one can provide. At the end of season two, Rue seems to be finally walking away from Jules, and as she narrates in the past tense, Jules was my first love. I'd like to remember it that way. I don't know if that's actually true though. I think I was high for too much of it. It's clear that a lot of what Jules meant to Rue in this difficult period of her addiction was really about Rue. And while Rue idolized Jules, the couple didn't actually work in a lot of ways. Jules wasn't the solution to her sobriety. That's something she has to find within. Similarly, when Nate delivers the recording of Jules and his dad to Jules, it's one of the few times we see him acting vulnerable, loving, and self-reflective because she is the person who can bring out this side of him. If I could take it all back, I would. 
but before this point, he's been manipulative and aggressive toward her, targeting Jules for emotional blackmail because of the place he was in. So again, the way he acts toward her has a lot to do with her being a symbol for him. If Jules were to just be the show's manic pixie dream girl, not only would that flatten her humanity, it would flatten her relationships. No one should be there just to make others okay, and she knows that. That's why she begins resenting the way people rely on her for their own sanity or sobriety. Pride Month is the perfect time to celebrate diverse and multi-dimensional on-screen characters like Jules. And on Mubi, you can discover more iconic queer characters in the series Pride Unprejudiced LGBTQ Plus Cinema, a collection of Mubi's year-round programming of electric LGBTQ Plus Cinema, with fresh exclusives arriving throughout June. From romantic comedies to boldly experimental shorts, Mubi's Pride Unprejudiced season illuminates the richness of queer stories. You'll find incredible tours like Jean Genet, whose classic award-winning short, A Song of Love, proved to be profoundly liberating and inspirational work. Stars Andrea Riseborough and Demi Moore dazzle in Please Baby Please, a genderqueer musical fantasia directed by rising artist Amanda Kramer. Whether you're seeking intimate character studies or boldly experimental features, it's all here in Mubi's profound celebration of queer artistry. And as a special gift to our viewers, Mubi is offering 30 days free. Just click the link in the description below to get a whole month of great cinema. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. They love movies as much as we do, so their selections are always top notch. Click the link in the description below to get 30 days of Mubi now. Despite what others project onto her, the show urges us to recognize Jules as more than the eccentric woman people seek to become whole through. We get to see her entire personhood early on, through her backstory in episode 4, her less glamorous and downright painful moments right in episode 1, and her passions and goals, like to study fashion in New York City. But I definitely haven't reached my full power. It's empowering that Jules doesn't fall into the Manic Pixie trope's trappings, but sometimes Jules gets herself into situations presenting as this type, and she openly acknowledges that she may have been doing so due to trauma and out of a cultural idea of femininity in her head. When it happened, I'd just like end up on the other side, like a man. Like femininity would always be this just like, it's like elusive, distant thing, you know? She also can make surprising choices, like hooking up with Elliot, even if it's understandable that she and Rue are struggling at that point because Rue is using again. In the special episode, which she co-wrote, we see her more clearly recognize how past dynamics are still playing out in harmful ways. The decision to stay in a relationship shouldn't mean life or death for someone else, and she feels both angry and guilty that her relationships with her mother and Rue have turned to that. She wants my forgiveness? Yet at the same time, we also see Jules understanding that being with Rue could represent a new way to love. If I can conquer men, then I can conquer femininity. Why do you need a guy to make you feel more feminine? Sometimes Jules seems pulled in two different directions. She forms a simultaneous frustration with and insecurity around limits. She both wants to fit in and stand out, to remain accountable to people and not be tied down. Just freaked out, like I panicked, and I felt like if I if I didn't get out, I was gonna die. But given the openness with which we often see her try to understand her trauma, gender identity, and sexuality, Jules comes off as someone who knows who she is, yet always sees that self as in flux. 
Unlike many of the characters surrounding her, she doesn't see high school as a peak or something to lose yourself in. Rather, she sees it as just something to experience and then move on to bigger things. Most people peak in high school. Yeah, I'm definitely at like 25% peakness. I feel like I'm at 100. But I can definitely get to 150. And while that statement could sound grandiose, it's actually through her measured, analytical, and down-to-earth way of managing emotions, especially compared to her classmates, that she cultivates this optimism. When she's messy, it's not because she's a mess, it's because she's a person. She lets herself feel everything, and still comes off seeming the most stable and kind of all the characters. Perhaps because she's already had to trust and respect herself enough to want to live, and because she's finally realizing the most authentic version of herself she's always had an urgency to be. Being trans is spiritual. It's for me. It's mine. It belongs to me. And I don't ever want to stand still. I want to be alive. Jules's confidence in giving herself space to live out the complexities of her humanity attracts people to her, especially those who have trouble navigating that space for themselves. She at times does this in a manic pixie dream girl-esque way, or by apparently healing other people through what they get out of her own uniqueness. But she on some level understands that the trope's fate is not a pretty one. She wants to be her own person too, or maybe more like the ocean. The ocean's strong as f and feminine as f and like both are what makes the ocean the ocean. That's the take. Click here to watch a video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.